GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to GalaxyCon Live, where we're bringing the convention experience directly to you. I am your host for today's panel, Mario Bueno, and we have a very exciting one for you. I have a rather meaty intro, but before we get into that, I would like to bring all of our wonderful guests to the stage because one thing is going to flow right into the other today. Let us start off with the newest voice behind the cowl. You will know them as Bruce Wayne and Batman in Gotham Knights. You also know them as Alexios in Assassin's Creed. Vlad in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Please welcome to our virtual stage, Michael Antonakos. Welcome, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Uh, pleasure uh, to have you here. <laughs> glad we're also uh, rocking the, uh, the bat symbol in solidarity. <laughs> glad, oh. I'm, glad I'm not the only one today. <laughs> <laughs> And also joining us here on our virtual stage, you know them as Bruce Wayne and Batman in Beware the Batman, as well as Carlos Nieto in Third Watch, Sheriff Miguel Acosta in Scream the TV series, Kevin Harris in The Haunting of Hill House, Shujimi in Starship Troopers, and Alex Longshadow in Banshee. Please welcome Anthony Ruivivar. Great job with the last name, man. <laughs> Do, doing my best i'm i'm very happy to, to hear that i you, nailed it on the first take <laughs> you nailed it nailed it welcome welcome glad to have you here glad to be here so excited uh, we are we are definitely uh, very excited here, and I'm sure our live viewers are excited as well. And I'm also excited to bring up our next Batman. You know them as Bruce Wayne and Batman in Batman Arkham Origins, Batman Unlimited, Superman Red Sun, as well as Ezio Auditore de Firenze in Assassin's Creed, Sonic the Hedgehog in Sonic Boom, and Steve Rogers and Captain America in Avengers Assemble. Please welcome Roger Craig Smith to our virtual stage. Hello. 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 Anthony and I, we decided we were going to go cool. Just going to go cool. No, uh, no logos. No logos. Yeah, yeah we've got the other, uh, the, the cool uh, color tone going on over there <laughs> as we were discussing the pre-show. Yeah, it's Dark Knight-ish. <laughs> I, have, I have a secret. Uh, he's right there. He's just kind of hiding a little figure in the background. Hidden so Batman. <laughs> there we go. Well, you know, he's doing his job, staying stealthy. <laughs> Getting ready for those chokeouts. And finally, you know them as Bruce Wayne and Batman in many, many things, including Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Justice League Action, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, Injustice, Gods Among Us, Gotham Knight, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, Justice League Doom, Batman the Killing Joke, Mask of the Phantasm, and in live action as one of the few Batman to play the character both animated and live action in the Crisis on Infinite Earths Arrowverse crossover as Bruce Wayne. Please welcome Kevin Conroy to our virtual stage. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Man, when you list the 30 years of credits, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. But look what I have here. This is my Batman. Ah, uh, yeah. It's my homage. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much, uh, not just for, for joining us here, but uh, to, to you, Kevin, for actually setting me up for our uh, slightly longer than usual intro than I normally do when bringing out our guests. Uh, so I'm not just going to ask for your collective indulgence, but the indulgence of our audience, because uh, I am actually celebrating my 36th birthday today. And my Happy history birthday. with this character, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, my history with the character uh, spans uh, over 30 years of the 80 plus years uh, of Batman's history. So this character 
has meant a lot to me over the years, uh, not just uh, personally, but in some aspects professionally. So uh, starting as far back as uh, my earliest memories, uh, things it's mostly been uh, the ancillary media. So the animated shows like Super Friends and reruns of Batman 66 before the original 92 animated series provided my first true formative love of the character. The Tim Burton films, the first of which dropped when I was just four years old, my first Batman toys were from that film. And as an adult, it was The Dark Knight in 2008 that really reinvigorated my love of the character. And the following year's Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, which was a revelation, and I still call it to this day the Bat Punch Simulator, because <laughs> that's basically what we got, and it was great. Also inspired me during my peak active cosplay years to want to live a dream of being the Batman, which I got to do starting in 2013, which led to uh, my own personal contributions, like the one you are seeing on your screen right now. That is from one of the videos I worked on during my year in Los Angeles, working with YouTube producer Deep Hitty, who I was introduced to by a guest of Galaxy Cons from last night, Christina V from Miraculous Ladybug. Uh, <laughs> we also have a clip from the video we did there. Uh, it'll show up at some point. But yeah, like I said, a uh, long time coming. Lots of love and appreciation for this character, not just from web media, literal web media in some cases, but also uh, getting to do the character at, at, at events such as parties, promotional events, and charity events, uh, specifically the one that is going to lead me to my first question to all of you. In 2014, I was proud to be Batman at the Combat Radio Breakfast with Santa, which I believe is still going on in L.A. I believe, Roger, you've uh, been on, on that show before. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a phenomenal thing that uh, that the Combat Radio uh, does, uh, Ethan Detmeyer uh, and his daughter. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that really she was the catalyst for it but it's mm-hmm. it's it's a neat event uh that basically provides uh christmas for children of uh social services and so you have all these battered women's shelters you have all these homeless shelters you have uh, uh a number of different organizations and they bus in um families and the kids most importantly and provide them a christmas meal christmas gifts they get to meet santa claus and uh, and they have a bunch of uh characters running around uh, one of which uh, was mario as uh, as batman it's it's a really really phenomenal event that they do in valencia every year not last year unfortunately but hopefully this yeah. year yeah <laughs> exactly so um one of my my most uh, personal and uh, I, I guess you could say proud moments uh representing the character that is Batman came in 2014, a few days after that year's event, uh, Ethan, the organizer, shared a letter that had been left behind, written in crayon, uh, by a little boy who sat quietly in the back with his mother. The letter read, Dear Santa, we don't have a home right now, so thank you for letting me come to your home today for Christmas. Today was the first day I have not seen my mom cry in a long time, and that is the bestest thing, even more than the present I got. Please tell Batman and all his friends thank you for being so nice to me. I promise to do better next year so I can see you again. Please don't forget us. Love, Stephen J. Uh, very clearly, this dark night did not forget you, Stephen, and I hope that you and your mother had much brighter days following that. But for me, uh, you know, these these pieces of web media, this this uh, charity work, I know these are infinitesimal compared to the contributions that all of you have uh, provided uh, through Batman Media and are soon to provide through Batman Media. But I, I'm still so proud to have been a part of this bat legacy. So my question to all of you is what has been the most rewarding moment 
that made you proud to be a part of this expansive history? Well, I think all the actors probably have the same, um, a similar experience in that Batman resonates with the audience in a way that other superheroes don't. There's kind of a personal connection there. And, and my feeling is it's because of all the superheroes, he's the only one who's not a superhero. He doesn't have any superpowers. He's not, there's nothing supernatural about him. He's a man and he's a very wounded man. He's been damaged by life, but he overcomes his personal tragedy and he gives to the world. He wants to leave the world a better place. And that resonates with people because they see themselves in him in many ways, wanting to help the world, wanting to heal the world. And when you do, especially for us as, as voice performers, you know, you put your heart and soul into the character and you send it out into the ether and you never get to see how it affects people. You never get that juice that you get from, from working on stage. And, and that was my background. So that was what I was used to. And I didn't actually get that experience until I started going to Comic-Cons. And when I got the feedback from the audience, the, the emotional reaction that people had um, to meeting the voice of the character that had touched them as a child um, was extraordinary. And the stories I would hear about difficult childhoods, tragic childhoods, challenging lives, and how Batman was a source of inspiration for them. And to, for an actor to think that your performance could touch someone on such an, an important level, on such an intimate level, is, is extraordinary for me. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the other actors had similar experiences hearing from audience members how the character touched them. There was one woman who had, who had grown up, she just, she just wanted to hold me. This is the Chicago Comic-Con. She said, I just want to hug you. And so I hugged her and she started crying. And she said, you don't understand. I grew up in the projects on the south side of Chicago. And every kid I grew up with ended up in trouble in one way or another, either in a gang or in jail or in something. She said, I am a professional and I got out and I have a life. And it's because there was Batman for me every afternoon. Now, you know, of course it was because of her parents, but Batman was a part of it. That, that escape for her was a part of it. And for an actor to know that you could contribute in some small way uh, to someone's um, life like that is, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I like as somebody who's on the receiving end of a lot of like, you're not my Batman. Kevin Conroy's my Batman. Oh. That answer right there yes. <laughs> explains exactly why. <laughs> but now, I mean, what are we going to do to follow that up? I, I'm only like, speak for myself as growing up with Batman um, as well. And to add into it is you guys are like, you know, guys, I also looked up to. So um, I'm honored to just be in in uh, your presence and able to uh, continue a torch and and, and play this uh, character. But uh, I think Batman always represents a, a form of hope, too. And um, in all of us that you can transcend whatever it is, like you were saying, Kevin, uh, yeah. where you come from. You can, and it's really just up to you. And Batman shows that ability in all of us, which I really think is amazing. Um, and by grabbing the reins of your own life, you can, you know, there's hope to overcome whatever it is. Yeah. So I was, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did the, uh, I did the Ethan. Yet for Batman. <laughs> um, I did the Ethan Detmer thing as, as, as well. And oh, nice. that's like, <laughs> I think that's the first time that I, you know, realized like 
how you know, just doing the voice of, of a character could be so useful um, for charity, for, you know, just these, these causes. I mean, I knew that like to, to back everyone else up, I know all you have to think about is when, when I, you know, had the possibility of, of, of becoming Batman for, for the show, I took it so seriously. <laughs> like it was, I really felt like it was, um, and when it did happen, I really felt like it was the passing of a torch or it was you were being handed over something so sacred and so genuinely like important that it was different than any other thing that I've ever done. Um, and I think it's because of how respected and how important Batman felt to me in my life and how uh, I can tell it, it, it affects people that ever find out that like, oh my God, you do the voice of Batman. Like you can just see it in their demeanor, <laughs> how intense Batman is to them, you know? And, and that's without fail. It's like, I think if I said, oh, I do the voice of Superman, something would be like, oh, cool. But it's like, you do the voice of Batman? You know, like <laughs> it, there's, a, there's a real depth to it, you know, not to put Superman down, but anyway. Oh, my down. <laughs> <laughs> He's so arrogant. Uh, getting, getting that uh that that, that crisis uh, Bruce uh, coming out yeah. there, Kevin. <laughs> Batman doesn't have to have his initial on his outfit. I mean, come on, who does that? I want you to remember in all the years to come, in all your private moments. I want you to remember my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man. <laughs> And I, I just saw that clip uh, last night when I was just reviewing some some videos just to get myself back into the mindset for today. I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, uh, iconic, iconic. Uh, so just double checking to see if we already have some fan questions, because I know I would love to get into those if we can, because I know there are a lot of excited Bat fans uh, who would like to uh, fire away. So let's, uh, let's see what we've got. Uh, what is our first question for our panel of Batman? Uh, this one is from Ryan. What were some of your favorite cartoons growing up? Now we're going to date ourselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if it helps, I, I definitely <laughs> did that at the start of this panel. So don't worry. I fell on that sword for you guys. <laughs> um, I watched Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. What never do? What never do? <laughs> um, what else? Flintstones. Jetsons, Flintstones. Um, what did you guys watch? I oh. my my jumping off point was definitely Justice League, like the full on, you know, oh. the the Justice League, the 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 was the Temple of Doom or whatever. Were you a what was kid? The, yeah, I was a kid. That was my. <laughs> Wait a minute! How old am I? Getting awkward. <laughs> Getting awkward. Good God. <laughs> No, I grew up. I, I remember like getting up Saturday, getting up Saturday morning. It was like the VCR just came out, and it was like you had to put the tape in, and then you set the timer, and it would turn on at seven a.m. and record your favorite. You know, oh, yeah. only one you could only have it record a channel. I recorded my favorite show, and it was like the Justice League, um, uh, Mighty Mouse. Uh, uh, what was uh, Scooby Doo? You know, those were those were the or what about the Scooby Doo Justice League crossover? <laughs> what about that one? You remember that? Yes, oh, I do. Gosh. I was in it. Yeah. 
Um, that was I last would, year. That was just last year. <laughs> that was last year. Exactly. That was last year. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless we're talking about like the uh, the 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 uh, vintage one with uh, Adam West uh, and Burt Ward uh, making cameos. Is that uh, the one we're talking about uh, oh. in this particular instance? Dropping knowledge. <laughs> That's the one I'm talking about. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's another one. Because I did one a few years ago for Scooby Doo. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a, a newer uh, adaptation of, you know, that kind of a crossover. So, yeah, they're they're going into all the Hanna-Barbera uh, backlog there. It's fantastic. You remind me. You remind me of something wonderful that happened. The other guys will get a kick out of this. Nice. Uh, speaking of Batman meeting Batman, oh. I was at the Salt Lake City Airport. I was going to a Comic-Con or coming from a Comic-Con, and I'm waiting at Salt Lake for my connection. And who was sitting across from me from, but Adam West? <laughs> So I went over to him and I said, excuse me, aren't you Batman? And he said, wait a minute, aren't you Batman? And we, <laughs> we ended up sitting together laughing so hard. And then because he lived in Utah, I didn't know that. And all these people started coming around. They started picking up on the fact that two Batman were sitting next to each other. So there was this scene at the Salt Lake Airport. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, my That's God. So cool. That's awesome. He was such a wonderful man. He was such a great guy. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, now, now I'm really glad that I reminded everybody that you guys are, you know, in that very elite club. I had no idea you guys had, you know, actually had such a an amusing meeting. I figured, you know, maybe you'd probably, you know, uh, run across each other at like a Comic Con or something. But that's even better than I could have hoped. Sort of ran to an airport. It was great. Oh man. Uh, so to, to kind of uh, continue with this particular question before we move on to our next one. So uh, Roger and uh, Michael, what about you guys? Uh, cartoons that you guys watched growing up? Uh, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, uh, X-Men. Um, I, I mean, I also lived in Greece a lot going back and forth. So I used to watch shows like Asterix and Obelix. And, um, Ooh, okay. and then uh, Tintin was also pretty fun. But yeah. I watched Asflix Noblix and Tintin like crazy. Uh, no. <laughs> I was a huge aficionado of all Greek children's cartoons. <laughs> uh, all about the, the Euro animation. <laughs> That's all I watched. It's so weird. I don't know what this. The Flintstones? Never, never heard of. Um, no, I, it's funny because I, I honestly, Kevin, I, I think like aside from the, the dating thing, I don't know anybody even like current generations that didn't start out on like Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry. And like, yeah. it's kind of funny to think cartoons, they're sort of timeless. I mean, they really are. So it's yeah. like, yes, I watched a lot of the same stuff, but I also would watch, you know, BTAS, uh, you know, it, like all these things. I mean, I remember coming home in high school and seeing that. And so to be on a situation like this um, is always incredible when you get to you know work with and meet your heroes. But I mean, animation to me is like every kid starts off with all those cartoons with, you know, the Jetsons and, you know, all the Disney stuff. And, you know, it's like because so, because it is so timeless. It's so it's such a great medium for that imagination. Yeah. And it doesn't really have to be locked into a very, oh, this is a very nice. I mean, some of them are very sort of like <laughs> stuck in their times, but it still is kind of cool when you're that age. It just doesn't matter. It's it's like watching Sesame Street reruns. You're like, oh, yeah, any kid. At that age, you'll watch anything. <laughs> you're just you're just soaking it all up. So, yeah, I'm sure we all I'm sure we all watched a lot of the same cartoons. Michael, maybe being an exception with some of the uh, the exposure to those cartoons that we wouldn't have had over here. So, well, I saw I saw most of them, but I also saw the cartoons that were from an older generation as well, which was really neat from America because um, they were playing cartoons from earlier times, and uh, I'm tr just trying to remember them all, but. Uh, yeah, it's it was great. I got a very broad experience of cartoons. Um, I'll bet. Yeah. 
Rock and roll. Uh, so let's uh, move on to our next question. Uh, this one is from Hossam. Uh, in the Batman franchise, what is your favorite suit? Ooh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> I abstain because I, I think my, my slideshow definitely made it clear which one's one of my personal favorites of all time. So what about uh, you gentlemen? I think with the Riddler's suit. That's a safe answer. <laughs> I think the Riddler's got a nice suit. It's a very, very classic design. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Now we get into that argument. Yeah, yeah but which Riddler? <laughs> yeah. do, do you prefer the onesie? Do you want uh, you know, a nice bowler hat and a, and a dinner jacket? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really did like the Ben Affleck suit. I did like that that most recent one. That was uh, pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think the look of the, the you know, in the Arkham games, um, that look was incredible for me. That was beautiful. So I think that suit. I think the games have been able to get it better than a lot of the live action. Uh, it's just simply because you can do so much more with it yeah. uh, that you might be limited to in the live mm -hmm. action world. But the games have always had like incredibly awesome suits. I know. I know. What I love about yeah, the game I, is you can actually fly with Batman. I mean, the, the, what you can do as an audience member is so incredible. Interactive, yeah, not passive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Arkham, the Arkham um, suits are are some of the best. And is can't you also you can customize them, right? Like a, a bit, right? You can can you not? Uh, yeah. well, I know you can you can get the uh, the different skin options uh, in most of the uh, the games, and you know within the storyline, they give you some slight uh, upgrades uh, for the you know for the story progression uh, to change from you know uh, for example between. Arkham City and Ar Arkham Knight, you start with a slightly tweaked out version of the city outfit, but then you switch over to the one that becomes, you know, the cover art <laughs> for, right, for Arkham Knight. Right. Uh, so there, right, there's, so you... there's a little bit of that. Um, I know in Justice, uh, in those games, they definitely let you just go hog wild with, uh, with customization options. You know who doesn't have a good suit? Superman. That's it. <laughs> it. Come on. Kevin it started is. it. Kevin started it. He... Sucks. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll definitely be curating a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> I could already see like the 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 angry Superman fan just pushing up their spectacles, like, oh no. <laughs> we kid, we kid, but <laughs> you're at the wrong panel. DC's calling me. Weird. <laughs> well, Magic Superman. Not good. <laughs> uh, and to to put a pin in this one, uh, just some quick thoughts uh, to to kind of. Uh, embellish on what you gentlemen were all saying. Uh, yeah, what made the Arkham suits in particular so interesting, they really are the best of both worlds, especially in the first two games. You get this you know, very practical real-world design, especially as uh, the series progresses further and further. You do get that more you know, tactical look. But the way that they preserve a lot of the, the classical comic book elements, uh, it doesn't feel strange. So I felt that was a, a, a huge accomplishment uh, for the, the designs of the suits as well. So, you know, Credit, credit given where credit's due. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on Absolutely. to our next question, which hopefully uh, won't be people, you know, slamming kryptonite in our faces <laughs> just oh. out of spite. <laughs> this one is from Ben. Uh, what is more enjoyable, voicing for video games, TV shows, etc.? You know, which which of these projects are the most fun for you? Well, that's a no-brainer for me. I don't know what you guys think. The the, sh the, the TV shows is is. It's like doing a radio play and you have the other actors there and they're giving you all that energy. I mean, to be in a booth with Mark Hamill or writing it down, I mean, they just give you so much. And it's just a, 
a wonderful experience. And in two hours, the show's done. And it's like, it's like you're 12 again. It's just so enjoyable. Whereas the games, you're alone in a booth for four hours at a time for a week at a stretch. And then they give you a couple of weeks off and then you come back again. Arkham Knight, the third of the trilogy, had 37,000 lines and it took two years to build. And I felt like I was in like 80% of it. It was relentless. And so you're alone in a booth and you don't have the other actors giving you their energy. You don't have the atmosphere that's being created. You're trying to keep the actor, the, the character alive yourself in this vacuum. And then you're trying to keep the situation alive and create the situation. And then they want three takes of this and then one three takes of that. And give me, give it to me angry. Keep the anger. Can we have a little smile? Keep the anger and the smile. Now can we have a little irony? By, by the time you're done, you're pulling your hair out. So doing the games is really, really difficult. But it's when you see the results, those Arkham games, I mean, you're so proud to be a part of them. Uh, you're so proud of the work you did. But the actual process is is so much less pleasant than doing a TV show. That's my opinion. I don't know if you what you guys think. I mean, for me, I, I have to agree when in the voice booth, 100%. Uh, I mean, thankfully, I've, I've been fortunate to do the mocap for the majority of the characters I've done games for. And I find that when I'm doing the performance capture element, it's just that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, when I get in the suits and I'm acting and I'm getting to do all the things, but once, and then you got to go to the booth and then kind of throws away everything you've been doing on the motion capture studio. Cause you're like, this is so much different. <laughs> yeah. And the life's kind of missing and you're trying to create it. Like you said, you're trying to literally hold it all together in your mind. Um, yeah. It's funny for me personally, I, I get so self-conscious with, uh cameras and with the idea that it's like i'm be i mean it's bad enough when you got six people on the other side of the glass who are all paying attention to you know every syllable and every mouth click you know coming out of your face but i if i doing anything where i know it's for sort of a performance capture or facial capture that kind of thing i find myself having a harder time uh going more to that theater of the mind which is what i do enjoy about sort of ensemble records that are of that radio play style where it's just kind of like hey we're you know, I always you're birthing this vocal baby that you're going to hand over to these people at the end. But it's at least fun to kind of just I, I find myself going cross eyed and and, and you, you, you do these weird things with your hand to try to, con, you know, to control the energy without making noise to put it into the microphone. That when all of a sudden you can't do that for me personally, I find myself even struggling with it more because I'm like, oh, man everybody's going to see that one of my nostrils is bigger than the other right now. And it's, you know, all these things that go in through your brain. You're like, I have a harder time uh, when I'm, when I'm not just behind a voiceover microphone getting to do the radio play style. So for me, it's, it definitely is. It's just so much more freedom and you can feed off one another's energy in those uh, animated series, you know, yeah. work uh, as opposed to the video game stuff, There's more technical, I guess, or clinical. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thoroughly agree. And I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been, um, I haven't had the luxury of, of doing, the Batman voice for for a video game. I've done video games voices before, but Kevin Kevin's right. It's just you're you're in a booth and you've got a litany of cues and there's thousands of things to say and, and it's just vacuous. It's kind of it's it doesn't there's it's not hinged on anything. Whereas you know um, you know so they're they're kind of explaining the environment or explaining what situation you're in, but you you know you're really kind of you're kind of throwing spaghetti against a wall sometimes. So that's how it, how it feels, you know, and then you just figure out what they're going to use. And, um, um, 
but with with doing the show, it's like you're there with the actors. It's you're you're performing with one another, and so you're operating off of their rhythms and their timing and what they're giving you. And it, it's a it's a completely different experience. And like Kevin said, it's just it's noodle after noodle after noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one was kind of al dente. We'd like it al dente, but also raw. <laughs> with a smile. The idea of the angry smile. Keep the anger, but smile more. That was perfect. Mad butter. What have you done? You know? Oh, boy. <laughs> Joker, how many people did you just harm? <laughs> Now you just sound a little psychotic. It, but we like it. Keep the psychotic. psychotic, is great. psychotic is great. Can we have psychotic with a smile? Yeah. Nine more times. Nine more times. Nine more times. Yeah. And now punch as a psychotic individual. But keep the smile. <laughs> Do you guys ever find it's a dream when they've actually recorded someone else before you? It's then you find because <laughs> that's that's really it. It's like because usually you're the first one to record and then everyone goes off of that. So you don't know what anyone's going to sound like, but once in a while they have someone who's recorded before you like, Oh, at least I get to hear how they're going to say their line and I'm going to respond to it to that. Yeah. Um, that mismatched energy was in another game that I did where I, I couldn't believe that they had it. And we just assumed we were sort of flying blind. And I thought this was like some like battle cry kind of a thing. And it turned out I was like helping up somebody off the ground. And so <laughs> the, the game comes out and it's just me like, Basically yelling at them as I'm pulling them. It's just like, why are you yelling at this person? And then, of course, the other actor just replied with, thank you. And it was like, I'm, yelling, I'm too, yeah. yeah. That literally oh, happened on audio yeah. so many times. It's like, war cry. And there's like three people standing there. I was like, yeah. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What we are going to get to now is our next question. Let's see what we have here. This one is from Taylor. Uh, so, how did you get the role of your Batman? I imagine we're going to have some very interesting and varied stories on this one. Well, well, I was very lucky because it happened. It was in, it was 30 years ago. Do you realize it was 91 <laughs> that I started recording? 91. Um, I was 10 years old. And I <laughs> well played. Well played. Um, it was, it was a moment when, they decided to, because they were going for a very hyper real, they weren't going for cartoony sounds. Bruce Tim wanted this to be very realistic, very, a sort of film noir feeling, like a, a 30s, 40s film. And um, so they wanted very realistic performances. So other than the wonderful traditional voice actors uh, that they usually work with, they decided to cast a wider net and look at theater and uh, television and film actors. So they looked farther than they usually look. And um, so they ended up with a mix of, you know, people like Frank Welker, and, um, who were incredible voice actors, but they also used a lot of non-traditional actors for the casting. So I went in and I had only done theater in New York, really, I'd done a little bit of TV in LA. And I happened to be in, in LA uh, doing a, a pilot for a series. And uh, my commercial voiceover agent sent me in to read. I didn't even know Batman had never been a series. I, I thought it had been around forever. And um, I didn't know who Bruce Tim was or Andrea Romano. I didn't know any, I was an idiot. I was a complete idiot walking in there. But what was interesting was my background um, in theater, which was heavily 
theatrical. I'd done a lot of Shakespeare. I went to Juilliard. I'd done a lot of the Greeks. Um, I had an old fashioned theater training. And when you look at Batman, of all the superheroes, he is the most classically tragic. He is, he has no superpowers. He is Orestes, he is Achilles. He is those characters. So it's ironic that I would walk in for the one role I auditioned for and everything I had done up until that point prepared me for that. And I approached it the way I would approach, you know, Laertes in Hamlet, which I had done just recently. And it, it worked. I mean, it, I, I approached him as you would one of those tragic heroes. And it happened to be just the perfect role for me at that moment. So that was a, that was a very, you know, fluky kind of thing that, that I happened to walk into that audition for that role. I think for me, think for me the, the, the story, the story that, that I got, that I got was that, uh, Kevin passed on Origins. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, mine's boring. It was casting. It was just, it was an audition situation. I mean, I wish I could tell you, I mean, that's, that's always, I think a lot of people assume like you walk into some of these studios and just go, I'm here to give you the role, you know? And it was, uh, I think they cast a, a wide net and we auditioned and went through callbacks and, and yeah, I could not believe getting that phone call. So by the sheer luck of the origin story element of it and uh and and getting a, a chance to maybe have a a set of pipes that are in that register that they are looking for is is good fortune i suppose i uh mine's a bit of a longer story but i have to add this in just because it's for me it's very funny so when i was auditioning for odyssey and i literally used kevin and roger as my references for creating alexios no joke i, I loved Ezio, but i also said you know this is i only had this little tiny pixelated black and white image of a ancient greek warrior and it was like i don't know greek batman so, <laughs> love it literally it is. what i i did and then i did research on odyssey or on other games and i found roger's work and i, I loved that so i took in a bit of Ezio's style into the game because i loved it but it was literally creating greek batman and so i first wayne's voice for me and then i added the greek accent and so then came alexios and it was literally greek batman um <laughs> and i used uh, wolverine when i got angry so that old uh, 1990s wolverine <sighs> but uh then when i was finishing odyssey i got an audition and i sent in a tape and they called literally the next day and said can you because it was for the motion capture as well uh can you take some notes and then that was a Friday. And then on the Monday, I got a call and they're like, they want to fly you to Montreal to do a test shoot. And it was only supposed to be for the test of, of this game. This is about two years ago. And that test shoot, I guess people came up from LA to come watch me perform. And again, I guess it was the voice that I, I brought in as well for the motion capture. I wasn't even sure if I would get it. And I found out almost a year and a half later. And that's what you Ooh. saw. And that what you see is the trailer was oh, my wow. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, I can't say anything more about what I'm doing in the game, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't worry. I, I was going to yeah. make sure we didn't uh, step on any NDAs today. <laughs> I, I got your back. Don't worry. Yeah. But it was, it was really fascinating. And I, I, I thank you guys too, because uh, you're the reason I'm even here. So um, yeah, I appreciate it. Awesome. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, my, you. yeah, like, um, Andrea Romano and, and Mitch Watson and, and, um, they they were creating this new, it would be the first, I guess, CGI Batman cartoon. You know, I have a voiceover agent. I've always said I wanted to do, you know, voices and they're like, right. So does everyone else. So just, you know, like, like take it easy. So, I mean, I was just super fortunate that it kind of lined up. I think like the premise of beware the Batman was to go back maybe more to the roots of, of Batman as a, as a detective, you know, they really wanted to focus on Batman as the, as the, the crime solver, the detective, and, you know, as this kind of the duality of, of Bruce and Batman and kind of playing with the light and the dark of, of those, those characters. I'm lucky enough that I've, you know, in, in live action, I've, I've done a lot of detectives or cops or, you know, I do a lot of the blue collar kind of, or lawyers and things like that. Anyway, so I got the audition, sent in the sent in the tape. They liked it, and then things started to progress. And then they brought me in with a chemistry read with uh, JB Blanc, which I'm sure you guys all know him. Who's he's a, just, he's amazing to play Alfred. You know, we were in the booth, and we just kept we just started playing and just bouncing back and forth with each other, which was which was great. And I'll never forget the moment when they're like, okay. Okay, make the sound uh, as if you were Batman throwing a, the batarang. And I was like, what? <laughs> They're like, you know, you're Batman, throw the batarang. I'm like, oh my God, this is this is so cool. You know, like, okay, uh, this is you as Batman throwing punches. Or, and then, you know, it's like, okay, say, uh, you know, I'm Batman. And then I got to have like, oh my God, this is <laughs> ridiculous. And I was just, you know, lucky enough that it, it worked out and, and me and JB, uh, worked really well together and you know uh i got the call and it was i i told my i had a like my son at the time was like he was like three or four huge batman fan and i come home and i'm like guess what i'm batman and he goes i'm batman (laughs) (laughs) i'm like no no i I'm, i'm the voice of batman and he's like no I'm Batman. And I was like, okay, all right. I get it. I get it. I just completely ruined his world. And then, you know, I don't know, a couple months later, he we, he came home with two Batman shirts. He's like, we're, we're both Batman. I was like, oh, oh. Right. so cute. That That is adorable and super wholesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, man. Uh, so before we get to probably our last question or two, uh, per- preferably some quick ones here, our next, if not final question. Oh, this one's from Frank. This is this is a good one. I, I completely agree with you, Frank. So besides I am Batman, do you have a favorite line? <laughs> I, from Origins, I loved I am the reason the criminals breathe easier when the sun rises. And that whole speech, but I to this day I, I, I the writing of the games has always been so phenomenal. But I love that I am the reason the criminals breathe easier when the sun rises. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a neat, neat line. Yeah, there there were some real bangers in uh, Arkham Origins. Uh, you know the writing and you know the the team's performances were just it, it, some some of the best parts of of that game. So I'm not at all surprised to hear you say that. <laughs> writing solid writing, Kevin. You were my favorites is uh, it's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. I like that one. I mean, I can give much more than 
<laughs> but I, I love Michael Keaton's You Ever Dance with the Devil at the Pale Moonlight. That was Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. In our in in, in our in our show, he, Batman had this recurring thing where he he when anything was like strange or weird, like you know, you'd see like you know, crocodile coming out of the sewer or something, he'd he'd always say, um, interesting. <laughs> it was just like left with that. <laughs> it was like Anthony. Could you could you do it five more times? This time, just a With little a more. No, it's a little angrier. But I like the idea a of a smile. Yes, yeah. we should try that. Kevin's Kevin's right. We should try the smile with a little bit. Yeah, and a lot lot louder so that you can't work for the next week and a half. Right. While throwing it. So I think we we definitely have time for one more quickie. So let's see what we are going to bring this one home with. This one is from Errol. Who is your favorite Batman villain? Oh, Mark Hamill, the Joker. Yeah, no question. Yeah, he's in a Joker. he's in a whole world of his own. I don't think any of us can contest. I know this. It's, it's about as quick as an answer is going to get. What Kevin said. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know who's one? Michael Ansara as Mister Freeze. Michael Ansara, Mister Freeze. He was incredible in Heart of Ice. He was amazing. <laughs> it's honest. Yeah. Honest, yeah. Gray Delizy as um Magpie is pretty good in in um in our in our um beware the Batman. She's amazing. She's wonderful. Yeah. And also in Scooby Doo to bring it back around. You know, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You know. Daphne, I believe, right? Yes. Yes, there we go. Somehow, some way, we end up back with the classic Hanna Barbera. Say it is Got the it. foundation, uh, apparently, of you know being the Batman. So there, there you go, everybody. So we are going to uh, start wrapping it up for everybody else. Thank you so much for uh, coming out to join us at this wonderful Bat Panel. Big thank you to our Batmen for being the Bat Panel. Really, really appreciate you all coming out here. Uh, if you have some uh, quick parting words before we wrap it up, would love to hear some. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I guess. Stay safe out there, everybody. Absolutely. Get vaccinated. Yes. Michael's frozen. <laughs> or really or nailing the dramatic pause. Michael is nailing the dramatic pause. This is the perfect way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's gone. I was going to say, he was, wow. he was practicing there's his some, bat stare for, uh, for his next some, round of mocap. <laughs> man, that guy is good. But he had an angry you. smile going on. It was incredible. And, <laughs> and the, it's exactly what the directors would have wanted. Yes, Boom, we've brought it all around, everybody. But no, seriously, thank you so much to all of you. Thank you so much to those of you who tuned in. And we'll be back with some more awesome GalaxyCon action. Again, go to galaxycon.com to see what we have going on every single weekend. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, stay informed. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.